Hey guys, it's Allie. Welcome back to Infertile AF, the podcast. This is episode 156 called Alex. Hello, everybody. This is Allie and Blair, the co-founders of Fertility Rally. And we are here to tell you a little bit about who we are, what we do, and how we can support you on your infertility journey. So we wanted to let you know that Fertility Rally is the membership group that we created. It's the place we wish we had when we were in the thick of it. We offer support groups. We have private Facebook groups. We have tons of events, lots of videos, blog posts, so much content. We're starting to do IRL events as well. And we want to be there for you no matter where you are on your journey. Yeah, our favorite part, we had no idea where this would go when we started it. And our favorite part about it is watching all of our members, which is like 300 plus at this point, connect and create true lifelong friendships. We have members that are meeting up in real life. We have members that are supporting each other on Instagram. We have members that call each other best friends now. And honestly, like that is the most rewarding thing to see. We had no idea it would go here. And so we're just, we're inviting you to join the Rally Fam. Yeah, it's such a great space. It's a safe space. We also have fun when we can. So we would love for you to be a part of it. Check us out on fertilityrally.com and on Instagram at fertilityrally. Hope to see you guys soon. Today's episode is presented by Belly. Belly offers modern prenatal vitamins optimized for fertility, prenatal, and post-pregnancy health. To learn more about how to optimize your fertility and pregnancy health, check out their vegan-friendly, dairy-free, non-GMO vitamins for both men and women at bellybaby.com. That's spelled B-E-L-I-B-A-B-Y.com. The best part, if you use code ALLY15, you'll get 15% off your first month of either Belly Women or Belly Men. Again, that's code ALLY15, A-L-I-1-5 for 15% off. Thanks, Belly. All right, guys. Today we are talking to Alex Slate, who you guys might know on Instagram as Rockabye Maybe. And she is so amazing. And today she's going to tell us all about her fertility journey from before she started, how many babies she wanted to have, to where she's at now. And we're going to touch on tons of different topics because she has been through a shit ton, including recurrent pregnancy loss, several rounds of IUI. IVF, and a whole bunch of other things. And there's a really, really great ending. If you know Alex, you know what's happening in her life. And you probably have been following along on her Instagram. But if not, you are in for a really good ending here. So Alex, I love you. Definitely check out her song too, which is called Clocks Are Ticking Slow. She's a really talented singer and musician and songwriter. So um, it's kind of like the unofficial anthem of our community. Clocks are ticking slow and check her out on Instagram at Rockabye Maybe. And without further ado, this is Alex's infertility story. Oh my God, Alex. Finally. Hi. Hi. We were just saying like, I can't believe we haven't done this already. I feel like we had, and I guess I thought we had, but then I was like, wait, I've never had Alex on the show. So thank you for doing this. Thank you for having me. I, I was just saying to you before this, that it feels like 
we're so closely connected that it feels like it has already happened. <laughs> right. Cause we have to shout out our mutual bestie Blair. Oh my God. Who, Blair Nelson. You, you know, so I wonderful. started fertility rally with her as you guys know, and Alex and Blair have their own special thing. You guys have fertility fuck it Friday and you do all these podcasts together and you're so fucking hilarious. The two of you. Thank so, you. Um, I've been looking forward to this conversation all week. So I was like, this Me isn't too. work. This is fun. Like, I just want I know. to shoot the shit and see what's going on with you. So absolutely, there is a lot going on with you, but we'll start at the beginning. Tell me about when did you first start trying to have babies and what happened? So we first started trying, I guess at this point, it would be about six and a half years ago. And I would have been 34, like just sort of you know, getting, creeping up to that 35 mark and, Mm -hmm. um, getting a little worried about things and, you know, all that sort of stuff. And so my husband and I decided we would get started. Did you have Um, that 35 marker in your head? Like, had anybody told you like at 35, it all goes to shit. I did. I feel like that's just portrayed in everything Mm -hmm. towards all, all women Mm -hmm. is like, guess what? At 35, everything's, everything's garbage. Right. (laughs) (laughs) You garbage. So, so I was like, oh God, I'm I'm 34 for another like four or five months. I was like, I got to get it in. Right. Yeah. I got to start now. Totally. Well, you know, what's so funny is I've said this before, so I'll probably cut this out, but I didn't have that in my head. You know, I'm a little bit older and like, I've saw all these people in Hollywood, like having babies in their mid forties and like popping them out. And I, I didn't know about the 35 thing. Oh, that that's amazing. I know (laughs) what an amazing like process to like, not have to feel that pressure too. Right. But then, you know, I wish I kind of had, because that's when I fell into problems was after turning 35. So, but I think the hard thing there is you never know if you would have had problems before anyway, right? Like who knows? So it's, it's all kind of up in the air. Like if I'd started at 29, would I've had the same problems or would it have all just been easy and, and, you know, fine. Who knows? Right. Yeah. Well, cause I did, I had ever at 34 and then, you know, didn't start for sunny till I was like 38. So like maybe if I'd started sooner for sunny, I wouldn't have had issues. Who knows? You're right. It's all a big question mark. (laughs) Anyway, this is not about me, Alex. This is about you. (laughs) Okay. So you're turning 35 soon and you're like, shit, we got to get on this. Yeah. Got to get on it. And, um, we were lucky enough to get pregnant basically the first time of trying first month of trying. And, um, I was kind of shocked. It was was a bit shocking. I I really thought it was going to take a while. So, you know, being a little nervous and a little scared and all that sort of stuff that came with like getting pregnant right away. I was like, Oh my God, what is happening here? Mm -hmm. And, um, by the time I'd sort of wrapped my head around it, I was having a miscarriage. Mm. So, so that was, you know, the, the first time I'd really, well, my, my sister had had a miscarriage. And so I, it wasn't new to me mm-hmm. having one, one miscarriage was like, mm-hmm. kind of seemed like a normal thing to me. I was like, okay, totally. okay. This is very sad. And like, you know, we'd sort of told some family and very early, I, I would have miscarried it around six weeks. Mm-hmm. So, you know, told some family and then had to tell family again, which was hard to have yeah. to do all of that. Completely. Um, and then we decided to take a little bit of a break because it was just, you know, it's, it's a lot emotionally to deal with. Yeah. And, and my thought at that point was, okay, well this happened to my sister and maybe our bodies just have to have like 
a miscarriage and then we go on to have wonderful babies. So interesting that you thought that. Yeah. I had a lot of friends who had one as well. And I was like, okay, maybe this is just kind of a rite of passage. Like, right. Right. So I wasn't, there wasn't a lot of concern for me. Mm -hmm. You know, my sister was like, don't worry about it. It's going to be fine. Like you'll just get pregnant again and, and it'll happen really quickly. And it, and it did. So we didn't try for a couple of months. And then in, I guess, so I would have gotten pregnant in September the first time. And then in January, um, we tried again and I got pregnant again right away. Okay. So I had no fears with this because Uh I felt like no one has two miscarriages. Right. You're like, I already had the one. We're good. (laughs) Yeah. The one happened. Totally. We've we've cleared that. And, uh, and now we're, now we're good. And and things were progressing well, like things were fine. I wasn't at any sort of fertility clinic. So I wasn't getting like early monitoring or uh-huh. ultrasounds or anything like that. So things were just good. My HCG level was good. At that point, I think I had no idea what any of that even meant. Yeah, I still don't. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. And and then at like seven and a half weeks, I started to miscarry again. Oh, shit. So. You know, so what some, happened? Was it bleeding or like, it what? was like light spotting. And I actually, at that point had, had talked with a midwife already and she had said, you know what, just like, come on in. Like, it's, it's totally fine. You can, you can, you can come in and we'll, we'll see you, mm-hmm. which was very, very early to have talked to someone, but I'm very thankful that they were available for me. And I went in, had an ultrasound and sadly there was just no heartbeat. Um, so sorry. Yeah, it was, that was, that was a really devastating loss because Mm -hmm. I, it was really unexpected for me. And at that point, you know, I, I was just like, well, let's, let's get to a fertility clinic. Like there's something wrong now. Like now I feel like something is wrong after two miscarriages. I feel like something's not right here. And I probably, maybe I need thyroid medication or maybe I need, you know, some sort of medication to help sustain a pregnancy. I I didn't even know anything. Well, let me ask you this since we're so, you know, you were talking about your sister before and you don't have to get into this if you don't want to, but did she go on to have a successful pregnancy after her one loss or she did, she had three successful pregnancies. Okay. So So, yeah, we look at like our family members, right. To see like, you're probably like, okay, this wasn't expected because that's not what happened with her. I was like, I'm not doing this again. Like I'm not I'm not doing this again to just like, see what happens. Like, this isn't how I want to live my life. I right. don't want to just keep seeing what happens. I need yeah. to get some sort of tests done yeah, um, smart. to make sure that I'm not losing these babies for no reason Yeah, or for a reason that that is fixable. Right. So, so we got into a, a fertility clinic a couple months later and um, they, they found nothing. Everything looked fine. Mm-hmm. And um, did they look and at, at you point, and your husband? They did. Your husband's did. named Alex, right? <laughs> he is. Yes. Okay. <laughs> we're, we're, I love that. We're Alex and Alex. Yeah. That's so great. So they looked at sort of everything and everything came back normal. Um, and at that point, there was no concerns with me getting pregnant. So mm-hmm. they were like, you know what? We'll just do some cycle monitoring. Maybe we'll add in aspirin and progesterone for you, you know once like after you've ovulated and like all that sort of stuff. So we did a few rounds of that and I didn't get pregnant. Mm-hmm. And I was like, okay, like what, what is, what's happening now? Like what's, 
Mm-hmm. What's going, why am I not getting pregnant now? Right. And I didn't get pregnant for another year. Wow. So what was it like for you emotionally? Cause I was a hot fucking mess. It was not, not good. Yeah. <laughs> I did not have a good time. What can you tell me some specifics? Like I would like, I'll give you mine. Like I was super depressed. I was started feeling really insecure, like around my friends. Cause I was like, I feel like they think I'm crazy. I'm like pregnancy obsessed and that they probably think this is all I'm talking about. And my marriage was like going to shit. It was just like a really, really bad time. Yeah. It it hits um, like every aspect of your life socially. I had trouble with, you know, seeing friends together who all had kids because Mm -hmm. then all they would talk about was kids. Right. And so that was really tough. I had some of my friends, I actually said to them, you know, I can't, I can't see you guys for a bit. Like, this is really, it's, I I love you all, Mm -hmm. but it's, it's a real struggle for me to, to sit with all of you and and have you talk about kids. And Mm -hmm. they totally understood it. That's good that they were receptive to that. Yeah, they were, they were so receptive. I was like, I just need, you know, a bit of a break and, you know, we'll, we'll re reconvene when things are going a bit better for me, which, uh-huh. you know, at that point I thought would maybe be a few months uh-huh. <laughs> and wasn't right. You're like, so go back in like a few months and then I'll totally be pregnant and we'll be back on track. Right. I think, I think I didn't really talk to them or see them for about six months. And then they were like, we have to see you. We love you and we miss you and Aww. we'll do everything we can to make you feel comfortable. And, you know, let's just figure this out. Right. And were you doing stuff like in your free time, you know, or not like in your lifestyle wise, like making changes, trying to get healthier, trying to drink all the woo woo elixirs and like all that shit. I think I did everything except for the vaginal steam. Oh, (laughs) you didn't steam your badge. I did not steam my badge. I got very close, Allie, very close. (laughs) Um, it was, uh, it was. It, it got to a point where it almost happened. I was like, should I order this stuff? Do I need to, do I need to order these things? Maybe I'll do it. Oh my um, God. But I didn't, I think it was all in my cart at some point and uh-huh. online. And I was like, I'm, I can't do a vaginal steam. I don't see how this is going to help me. <laughs> <laughs> well, missed opportunities, but maybe next Absolutely. time we're together. Absolutely. You, me and Blair, yeah. we can all. Oh my God. That. We just do a vaginal steam together. That. We do a zoom. I love it. Steam. <laughs> Because you're oh in Toronto, God, right? And I am. I'm in New Jersey. We're not too far from each other, but she's down no, in Texas. So she is. I mean, we is. will all get together at some point, and maybe that's what we should do. Oh my God, I love it. That okay. sounds hilarious. Mm-hmm. So yeah, I did. I did all the things. I changed diets. I stopped drinking. I, you know, started drinking things that I should be drinking, and. Uh-huh. Oh God, what else did I do? I did acupuncture. I did saw a naturopath. I, you know, uh, so many things. There were right. like countless things that I invested in. There was like essential oil stuff for like, you know, the luteal phase and like, like all right. of these fucking things. Exactly. Exactly. All of it. I remember going down to Chinatown in New York oh, yeah. and getting like some crazy tea that like tasted like 
human bones. Like, I don't know what the hell was in it, but I was like, I will drink this every day if I have to. Chugging it, choking it down. I also went down to Chinatown, picked up moxa sticks. Do you know those? Oh, okay. No. So moxa is like um, an acupuncture type thing, but it's like, um, I think it's mugwort and Uh and you, and you light it and, and it sort of like burns like a, there's like an ember on the end and you like put it over certain acupuncture points and heat them. Okay. So I did, I did that. Yep. (laughs) I did all of the things. Totally. Well, I had seen this RE and so we saw this RE, nothing was wrong. We did these timed intercourse cycles and then I wasn't getting pregnant with these timed intercourse cycles. She was pushing IVF on me. I felt like, you know, while I was getting pregnant, like what's going on now? Like, I feel like this doesn't make any sense. And they didn't love the RE and, and, and clinic. So we actually ended up, I think I got, I got pregnant at that clinic, another spontaneous pregnancy, like a year later mm-hmm. and had another very quick miscarriage. Like it was like a, mm-hmm. what you would call a chemical pregnancy, right? Like mm-hmm. very quick HCG levels were like very, very low. So I had this loss there and, um, they just didn't really have anything else for me other than IVF Uh as an option, which is fine. And, um, we ended up doing it our next clinic, Uh but I just didn't love the RE. She, she just didn't really support me. I didn't feel supported. I didn't love the clinic. They were very disorganized. I was like, I can't, I don't want to do IVF here. They're going to like mix up my eggs. (laughs) They're not to be trusted. (laughs) I I don't trust them. So I switched clinics and I I saw a doctor who was specialized in autoimmune disorders and had a crap ton of more testing done, Mm -hmm. you know, for blood clotting disorders, for um, any autoimmune disorders and everything again, came back normal. Mm -hmm. And so at that point we figured, you know, let's get on this IVF list because in Ontario, we have one funded round of IVF, Okay, which Sounds wonderful. However, it's just the procedural part. So without any add-ons, like if you want an embryoscope or you want to do PGTA testing or Uh you want any, all of that is extra. So you end up paying about $13,000 anyway. Okay. Does it (laughs) it cover your meds? It does not cover meds. Okay. Which is so it saves you like six to $8,000. Sure. um, It's not nothing, but Yeah, yeah, it's not nothing. Um, but it's not, you know, all it's cracked up to be and what people think it is when mm. people say, oh, there's a funded round of IVF in Ontario. It's like, well, yes. there's like a partially funded round of IVF. Yeah, I think as, I think for me personally, I have like a romanticized view of like Canadian healthcare that you guys have it so much better than in right. the US. Is that true? Or do you think that's like a stereotype or like a I think we do have a lot, a lot paid for. Like, for instance, even for my any of my medicated rounds that I did uh-huh. or like natural cycles that I did, all of my monitoring is free. Okay. So ultrasounds and blood work, that's all covered. So that's nice. Like you get away from having to spend that. And then any appointments with your doctor are covered. So if you need to just meet with your doctor, talk to your doctor, those, you don't have to pay extra for that. Gotcha. Okay. So there is, there's a big benefit I yeah. think, to, to all of that. Um, and right. not feeling sort of stressed about being like, I really want to talk to my doctor, but I don't want to spend like $500 or mm-hmm. how much you spend for an appointment. You don't have to, you just right. book that appointment. However, what it does is it, it makes longer wait lists for everything for us. Oh, okay. 
because everyone has access, right? And sure. everyone can book an appointment. Everyone, you know, there's no like second thought on, should I talk to my doctor? It's like, yeah, I'll just book it. Right. Okay. Um, that makes sense. So, so you guys are on the list. Yeah. Okay. So we get on the, so we get on this list for IVF and we end up doing IVF, I guess this sort of the year after that loss, because we, again, couldn't get pregnant on our own, continue to struggle and struggle. Mm-hmm. So I was like, what the hell? Like so first right. we started out with this one problem and now we have this added in issue uh-huh. of um, being unable to, to conceive. Right. So, so was it do... technically unexplained infertility at this point? A hundred percent. Yeah. There was Which is such a frustrating diagnosis. It's super frustrating. Yeah. Um, there's some people who believe that, that it's not a thing. Like there's no such thing as unexplained infertility. There's always something, but then I've heard the opposite camp be like, no, there is like, we can't, you know, answer all the questions and figure it right. out in everybody. So what do you think about that? That's a good question. I, I think that there, there is always an answer. It's just that science maybe hasn't caught up with what mm. those answers are. Mm-hmm. So how do you, you know, before a, a disease maybe is discovered, how do you know that disease exists, right? right. How do you test for something that isn't on your radar? Mm-hmm. So that's how I feel about that. That there are I'm going to use unknowns. that answer from now on what you just said. Yeah. <laughs> that yeah. sounds good. Please do. Yeah. Um, because you wouldn't know if you, if you had no idea what AIDS was and you're testing someone for everything under the sun, you're just like, I don't know why your immune system is crapping out on you. I don't know right. why these things are happening to you because you're not testing for the one thing that you don't know exists. Yeah. Good point. Okay. Um, sorry. A little so sidebar there. Like I feel a bit like that, but I also, one more thing on that is that I also feel like often unexplained infertility becomes explained if you add in some of these medications mm. that all of a sudden something works. Right. And you go, right. Oh, well maybe it was just this the whole time. Right. You can kind of eliminate other things. Yeah. Okay. Right. right. Gotcha. Um, so yes, I believe unexplained is a thing. However, I think there are many things that go into that as well. <laughs> yeah. So where um, were you guys like mentally at this point when you're now you're like waiting and did it, oh, did it still seem really I stressful? Just, I felt so terrified to do IVF. I was, I'm a very anxious person. Mm-hmm. So IVF for me and pregnancy and pregnancy loss, all of those things are, have always sort of caused some anxiety for me mm-hmm. and IVF being like new and like something I'd never done. And, you know, not knowing how my body would react to these medications or if it would work. Like I just, I was like an absolute mess. Mm-hmm. And I was like, this is going to be terrible. <laughs> this is going to be terrible. Like, yeah. <laughs> this going to suck. It's like, I'm so stressed about it. Mm-hmm. And I'm so fearful of like, you know, the needles and what the medications will feel like, what my side effects will be, how the retrieval will go. And the thing I think that I tell most people when they're going through IVF is that the anxiety of it is the worst part. Yeah. Um, like, like leading up to retrieval. So like leading up to all of that, that was the worst part for me. The needles mm-hmm. really weren't so bad after mm-hmm. all the, you know, my retrieval went really smoothly. The parts after that, the emotional parts of, you know, losing embryos or not getting good results. That part is also just as hard. Totally. Um, but physically it was, my anxiety was the worst part. Of Have it you physically. done anything to like medication wise for your anxiety? 
I do. Yeah. I, yeah. I actually, I, I take Celexa. Yeah. Um, and I've taken that I, during all of this, I was going on and off of anxiety medication because, mm-hmm. you know, I thought being off of medication would be the best thing for me in yeah. the beginning. So I was off of that and then went back on it at some point because I was struggling so much. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I've realized at this point that being on it is just the, the best thing for me yeah. Um, yeah. and the best, best thing for, you know, getting pregnant or staying pregnant or a- any of the things, right? Like, it's just like my, if my mind is in a better place, that's helpful just for me. Yeah. I think I'm so glad that you said that. Cause I think some people, there's a myth that like, you shouldn't be on any of that stuff when you're trying to conceive and obviously, right. t- you know, check with your doctor, but you know, most people I've talked to, it says it's, it helps so much. And I'm yep. a big fan of, if Me you need too. medication, you take that medication. <laughs> like I'm not Absolutely. like, Oh, natural. I'm never going to, you know, like you no. got to be in the right headspace for all this. So you got to do, you got to, sure. for sure. So, yeah. So we, so we went through IVF, we got, um, two embryos from that, which, you know, to me, I think at the time was a hard number to hear. I thought, you know, I, I heard all over the internet and everywhere else. People were like, oh, I got like, you know, 40 eggs and like we have 10 embryos. And I was like, oh, that sounds like, that sounds like a good amount to right. like play around with. And, and see right. It. Got some in the bank. Yeah. Some insurance. Um, um, but for me, I'd had two miscarriages. So I was like, oh my God, I have two chances and like sure. my other two chances, or I, I guess I'd had three miscarriages at that point. And I was like, this these numbers aren't making sense to me. Yeah. So were you on social media at this point and like comparing numbers and all that stuff while you're going through it or not yet? No, I hadn't sort of started a, an Instagram account. Mm -hmm. I hadn't done anything like that, which I'm, I'm saddened that I hadn't because it's been so helpful for me and sort of my latter half of infertility Mm -hmm. journey. Mm -hmm. But we, so at that point I was terrified to transfer because I was like, I don't like this took so much mentally from me and out of me that I, I, what if I need to, and at that point I was already thinking, what if I need to use a surrogate? Okay. What if I, what if I continue to just have like, no one's figured out why I'm having miscarriages. Uh So why do I want to use these embryos that I just struggled to make and put them back into what uh, I thought was a garbage can of uterus? (laughs) Right. (laughs) Like why, why would I do this? Yeah, exactly. So what I did was we, we then did our first IUI. Okay. And which is so backwards, right? Like usually people start with an IUI and then go move on to IVF. But I, I was like, okay, I've got these embryos. They're good. I've got Uh this like safe safety net that I, I felt like I had. And, um, let's do this. Let's do this IUI and see what happens. So we did one IUI didn't work. Uh And, um, I was like, we'll try one more time. Okay. So we did one more IUI. The IUI actually got canceled because we were doing it, um, with gonalf, Mm -hmm. which is like an injectable, what's the word? Hellscape (laughs) stimulant. Yes. The, the worst thing in the world. Um, <laughs> yeah. Uh-huh. A follicle stimulating hormone. So, right. so I did that. I had too many eggs. So okay. they canceled my IUI. I had uh-huh. five eggs, I think like five follicles growing. Okay. And they were like, this is just too many. Like we're, we're not going to toy with five 
follicles because that's a real high, a really high risk of multiples. Uh-huh. And I agreed. I was like, that's terrifying to me. Like, I don't, I don't want to like twins is fine, but like five babies, like I don't, want, I don't want to toy with the right. possibility of twins. That. Maybe not. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I'm, I'm pretty okay. Right. Did so, they think that was like PCOS related at all or no, sometimes they didn't. You, okay. They thought that it was more so related to the fact that I had done a, a previous IUI the month before. Right. Gotcha. So, so I had done one round with that medication, then the medication sort of still being in my system the next month may have just caused things to just go a little out of control. Okay. So anyway, we canceled it. Unfortunately, the day before they canceled it, my husband and I were like, you know, let's like, it seems like this is going to get canceled. So like, I don't think that, you know, there's any big deal in us like having sex Mm -hmm. and like, I hadn't triggered, like there was nothing like that had happened. So I was like, there's no chance of any of this happening. So Mm -hmm. I think we're fine. So we did the next day they were like, okay, it's canceled. So you guys, you know, you're going to trigger and then just don't have sex for like three, three to four days after afterwards. Mm -hmm. Um, So that was fine. So we did all of that. And then of course I was pregnant. So, oh my gosh, I was so scared. Uh I was like, I was like, holy shit, do I have like 100 babies inside like what is going on here right um it was a singleton so it was one baby thank okay. god mm-hmm. and that pregnancy went on for like 10 and a half weeks and so things were looking good i was very anxious mm-hmm. i you know was super concerned that you know all the same stuff was going to happen because i didn't really have much more of a protocol from this new doctor okay he hadn't put me on sort of anything really to sustain my pregnancy anymore other than progesterone and aspirin. That's all I was on again. Uh-huh. uh-huh. So, you know, I had some concerns um with everything and he was like, "No, I don't think you need anything else. This is it's totally fine." And, Did you feel um, kind of blown off by him? Yes. Or, okay. Oh, 100%. He was yeah. like, "I know best." And you know, I'd asked about prednisone and, you yeah. know, asked about some things to help like, you know, immune suppressants. He was like, well, you're not showing any immunity issues. So he's like, I don't think that's, uh, I don't think that's necessary. And prednisone is a terrible drug and I don't want to put you on it if you don't need it. And I was uh-huh. like, okay, <laughs> I've heard of a lot of people going on this, but I guess you're, you know, you're the doctor. And then I, I miscarried oh, again. God. I had a, I had a missed, missed miscarriage this time. So I didn't start bleeding at all. I was mm-hmm. just at an ultrasound and they told me that the heart had stopped beating. Oh, it's the worst words to hear. It is. It like devastating. I just got like, the chill. Every time I think about that, I, it takes me back to that room and, you know, oh. like so many people have been in that situation and it's just yeah. so devastating and heartbreaking. And I'm sorry that you went through that. Thank you. Oof. Yeah. It's a, it's a tough, a tough place. Mm-hmm. Um, I think the hardest part about all of that and at the clinic that I was at at the time, um, they were sort of like going on vacation, like the doctor went on vacation and like, no one was really around to like help me out. And, mm-hmm. and they, they really, they, at that clinic, they don't do in-house DNCs. Mm-hmm. So they just, they sort of said, you know what, we can, we can get you um, one scheduled at the hospital, but that's a two to three week wait. Oh my God. <laughs> had you had a DNC before or no? No. Okay. No. Yeah. I never but, had one. 
but I'd had this seven and a half week loss, which was really painful and really yeah. horrible. So I asked the doctor, I said, look, at least if I'm going to have this at home, can you prescribe me with pain medication? Uh-huh. Um, and he said, no. <gasps> How uh, dare he? <laughs> can you imagine? No. What the fuck? Yeah. He was like, oh, there's, you know, the, uh, the opiate epidemic. Like, I don't want you getting hooked on dr-. I was like, what are you, t- I'm not asking you for like a bottle of pills. <laughs> I'm like, if like I have cu- a miscarriage at home, can you give me like a, uh, like a couple of them? Right. You almost said a handful. <laughs> just a I, handful. Almost, I, did, I did almost say a handful. <laughs> that would be a lot, but just like a few, like give me a few pills. So yeah, like, totally take the edge them, off. I'm not, I'm not just taking these randomly at home. Right. You're not going to take them and like go to the club and like, <laughs> yeah, exactly. Not okay. just having champagne with them. Right. And so he refused, wow. uh, which was a big struggle for me. And a two to three week wait for me meant, oh my gosh, if I, if I stop all this medication, I know I'm probably going to have a miscarriage at home. Mm-hmm. So I was terrified to do that because of pain. Of course. Um, and then I was, you know, scared of the DNC. But the only place that would do a DNC for me was an abortion clinic. Mm-hmm. So I end up calling an abortion clinic yep. and they were like, yep, we can take you this. We, we do this all the time. The hospitals actually roll over some of their, you know, extra patients to us. So mm-hmm. we, we definitely do this. Um, and I went there. The problem was it was on a weekend. So mm-hmm. it was like a Saturday And my doctor wanted to test the tissue of the pregnancy um, to find out if there were any sort of abnormalities there, but they have to send those, uh, they have to send the fetal tissue to the hospital, Mm -hmm. but because it was a weekend, the hospital lab for all of that is closed. Mm -hmm. So I had my DNC at the abortion clinic and then they sent me home with a little bag full of my baby. Oh my God. So you had to keep it till the hospital I to, opened and to keep it in my fridge until oh, the hospital Alex. was open on Monday. Isn't that just oh, the most horrible thing that you that can is. ever think of? Yes, Yeah. absolutely. I'm so sorry. I haven't heard of anybody having to do that before. It, and I have, which is shocking to me, but also you know, encouraging that it wasn't just me who ever had to have that done, that it was other people have done it. But it also says to me, there needs to be something changed in that whole system. Absolutely. Whether it's the, the clinic hanging onto it and, and sending it or giving you an option to like have FedEx come and pick, like I would have paid so much money to not have had to have done that. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Um, That must've been a horrible weekend for you. I'm sorry. it It was terrible. But I, you know, you have to advocate for yourself. Yeah. And I wasn't, I wasn't going to go through all the pain of having that loss at home because I right. didn't want to do it. And I wanted a DNC and yeah. that was going to take forever. And I was like, you know what? I'm figuring out another way. Like I'm, there's got to be another way. And there was, it wasn't right. the best of ways. But, right. But you um, did what you had to do. Yeah. But I did what I had to do and um, ended up that that all of the results for that baby came back normal. So there's just more and more and more of like, we can't figure out what's wrong with you. Mm -hmm. Finally, at that point, I switched clinics. I I sort of interviewed a couple of clinics. Like I went to a couple of places, which is another benefit of being in in Canada because Mm -hmm. you can, you can just like see these doctors and 
not have to pay for them, Uh um, which is wonderful. And while I was at this other clinic that I had just sort of interviewed with, like hadn't even, hadn't even really switched to their clinic. I, I became spontaneously pregnant again. And this would have been like maybe eight months later or nine months later after yeah. that loss. Uh, because after that loss, I, I had sort of, I was sort of like, I'm never getting pregnant again. Like, I don't want to do this ever again. Uh-huh. And m- maybe six months after that loss, I started thinking I could do it again. Uh-huh. Um, and we went, so I, I got spontaneously pregnant. I was not going to go back to my original doctor. <laughs> Right. So I, I had just sort of briefly spoken with this other doctor and I called and I was like, I'm pregnant again. Can I come to your clinic? And they were like, yeah, sure. Come on, come on in and, and whatever. And I had another quick chemical loss. Oh my gosh. So how old um, were you at this point? I would have been like 38. Okay. Okay. So do so you have that thing where there's like the clock ticking in the background? Oh yeah. And speaking, oh, I, I want to bring like up your, every birthday. <laughs> totally. I want to bring up your song clocks are ticking slow, which um, oh, was you. one of the first times I've, I knew about you was um, we have to say yeah. you have this beauty. You've written a lot of beautiful music, but the song in particular that really resonates with our mm-hmm. community. So can mm-hmm. you tell me about that real quick? And yeah, when did you write I, it? Like what, where were you in the process? I think I wrote that after my third loss. Okay. Um, and just feeling so you know, unbelievably lost in, in the world of infertility and not knowing how I was ever going to get this baby and, you know, what I was doing next and, and how strong that feeling is to like need to have that baby and the sadness of, of loss and what it feels like and how, I mean, it's called clocks are ticking slow because it, it literally feels like everything is taking forever. Mm -hmm. Um, and it's weird. I mean, time is really weird with fertility where it's fast and it's slow. Totally. I was just talking about this with somebody. (laughs) It's so true. It's so true. Yeah. It's very strange. It's like, it doesn't exist. It was kind of like early pandemic time, right. Where you're like, how has it been a year? But like, how have I, how is this taking so long? Like nothing really makes sense. Like time just stops making sense. Yeah. It's like, it's been a year, but it feels like 10 years. And how did I gain like 15 pounds? (laughs) But I like, haven't even left the hat. Like it's just this weird, but I'm on my Peloton all the time. I don't understand. I don't understand. It's a time warp. It is a time warp. So, yeah. So, so that's, that's what, when I, around the time that I wrote that. Okay. So everybody needs to check out clocks are ticking slow. It's so beautiful. Thank you. Yeah. And then I guess that was that that loss was sort of the last loss that I had leading up to going into the new clinic that I'm currently at. Well, mm-hmm. cur- currently at as in, you know, it's the last clinic I was at. And I finally found a doctor there who agreed so much with me on things. And he said, you know, I don't know why these other doctors haven't put you on these sort of pro- medications preventatively after. Mm-hmm you know, you getting pregnant it was like, it, it, none of these will hurt you. You've obviously been struggling so much. Like I, he's like, I just don't see why we can't give you, you know, prednisone and, uh-huh. and fragment, which is a blood thinner okay. and interlipid infusions, which is also to help with, you know, sort of muting your, your immune system a little bit. 
Okay. So it's like kind of like an immune protocol-ish. Like Exactly. Yeah, okay. it would be an immune immune protocol for sure. Yeah, um, okay. And, you know, he was definitely on board with that. I ended up doing another round of IVF. I, at this point, I still haven't transferred any. I still have right. those two embryos. You still have the two, okay. Um, so we brought our two embryos over from, from the old clinic uh-huh. um, to the new clinic. And with my new round of IVF, we ended up, doing, um, PGTA testing on Uh all of the embryos that we got. So even the tube from before or just the new, that's right. We, we thawed biopsied and refroze them. Wow. Um, Science is so fucking cool. It's so crazy. I was very scared that they would thaw and not, and like have trouble rethawing again. Like I, I, there's a lot of stress around that, but I thought, you know, I can't at this point, I just, I, I can't transfer an embryo that I know may have a risk to it for another loss. I just, I don't want to do it. Right. So what were the results? So we ended up with, so our our next round of IVF, we got two more embryos. Um, So we had a total of four and we sent them all off to get tested. Uh And what came back is we had two normal embryos and one mosaic embryo. Okay. So three in total. Uh And the fourth Um, one was just chromosomally. Fourth one was, yep. Yeah. Got it. Chromosomally abnormal, which is great. Like of those embryos, you know, possibly three out of four are normal. Mm-hmm. M- mosaic is, you know, on the fence. Like they don't know it could be normal. It could be abnormal. Yep. So either way we're, we're hitting 50%. So it's like, what, you know, what's going on, <laughs> what's going on here? Like, I'm not, I'm not carrying these babies to term. Like there's something going on in that beginning process. Uh huh. So we do a transfer at this clinic and he puts all of this stuff into the protocol. I've got all of the things that I mentioned Yep. and it just didn't take, it wow. just didn't work. So I was devastated because I was of like, course. this is, this is, these are all the things I'm doing all of the things Yep. and it didn't work. And now I have this one normal embryo left and a mosaic embryo. Uh huh. And I just said, I'm not, I'm not doing it again. Like I'm, yeah. I'm not, this is, I, I literally have zero faith in my body. Like I, I, you know, we've had all of these pregnancies and none of them have worked. And now a transfer hasn't worked. I'm like, I'm just, I'm, I'm kind of done with all of this because I think that we're trying and trying and trying the same thing over and over and over again. Yeah. It's not, it's not working. Right. So Um, did you think surrogacy at that point? hundred percent. Yeah. Okay. And and I thought it for a while, right? Like this, it wasn't a new thought to me, it was kind of, let's try this one transfer. And if this isn't working, then we're, we're going to move on to surrogacy a hundred percent. And we did. So we started looking into agencies and found a great agency that we end up signing up with. And we end up matching with the most wonderful person in the entire world uh-huh. <laughs> who she, she doesn't live close to us. She lives probably a 15 hour drive away in New Brunswick. Okay. But I didn't want to limit our search for people to just, you know, close to home because I thought, no, this is about the right person. This isn't about having someone close to me. This is about the person who's care might, might carry my baby. I don't care where they live in, in Canada. Like they can live anywhere. I just yeah. need them to be perfect. <laughs> yeah. That makes sense. And I love her. Her name is Trish. She's mm-hmm. my the my hero. And you know, the whole process there was 
a slightly longer than I hoped it would be only because, you know, there, there's a lot of stuff to go through, right. right? Like there's a lot of things you have to talk to lawyers, you have to get contracts, you have to do all that sort of stuff. So, yes. Um, so during that time, even while we'd sort of matched with her, we thought about doing one more egg retrieval. And I thought, you know what, if, if I'm not doing any more transfers, I'm not doing anything. The one thing I can do right now is one more egg retrieval and maybe bank like a couple more embryos. Uh-huh. Uh, so we did one more egg retrieval while knowing her, which is really great. Like, you know, she was such a, you know, on our side and like rooting for us and, and so helpful through all of it. Sent yes. me like, you know, Amazon boxes of candy. And like, she was oh like, my you God. this. Amazing. So just like so wonderful. And really, really sadly, that IVF resulted in zero embryos. God, you've put your body through so much already at this point. Yeah. 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 So I was like, okay, well, um, my eggs are done. <laughs> right. <laughs> like, like this is this has failed terribly. And thank God, thank God we have a surrogate. Cause mm-hmm. like now it's looking like these two little embryos, one, one normal embryo really is what we have Our it's like our last hope. Mm-hmm. And that gets really scary. Sure. Like it's like, okay, this is like maybe our last chance, like yeah. one genetically normal embryo going into one uterus that, that we're just changing one thing here. Like, I hope to God that it's my uterus. That's the problem. Yeah. Because then this will work. Right. Um, You're like, what's the X factor here? And nobody really even knows for sure, but right. It's all a gamble. This is all such a crap shoot, right? It is. Absolutely. So we are geared up. We have all of our, all of our contracts signed. We've done everything, you know, it's time is ticking down. She's, she has to start a Lupron protocol because our doctor agreed to do the exact same protocol that she did at another clinic. Mm-hmm. Um, Cause she has done a surrogacy journey before. Mm-hmm. And so I said, I don't want to change that protocol. Like that protocol worked for her. So mm-hmm. can we just like carbon copy that and do it here? And my doctor was like, yeah, absolutely. Why That's would we not so do that? But awesome. He was like, it would be a terrible idea to change that at all. <laughs> wow. That's again, another example of advocating for yourself and for her. Yeah. That's awesome you did that and having a doctor who doesn't need to put his stamp of approval on something right 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 who's going well I usually do it like this the ego yeah 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 exactly so so we had everything ready to go we had I think we even had maybe flights booked for her or I think sort of everything everything was prepared like she was getting ready to start that loop run Mm -hmm. and I found out I was pregnant again and um it's like you know a week before she starts her loop run yeah and I'm like what the fuck is going on (laughs) like yes of course of course I'm gonna have another miscarriage of course this is just like the shitty thing before like we finally do get get all of this done and it's just like throwing me for a loop and and like okay so hopefully this I'll have this loss early. And so I won't be like going through a loss while, you know, she's here or, right. you know, I like, these are all, that's all I'm thinking. Of course. Like when's the There's miscarriage? No, no positivity. Yeah. <laughs> no positivity. Yeah. I think um, that's so important that you point that out because after having so many losses, even when you get pregnant, 
then you're like just waiting for the miscarriage, right? It's like, okay, Absolutely. when's the other shoe going to drop? Yeah. Yeah, exactly. It, it wasn't even like a question in my brain anymore. Like a hundred percent of the time with five pregnancies, I've lost them. And so I'm like, okay, so, mm-hmm. so this is just how it goes. Right. And I called my doctor and I, you know, he said, we'll come in right away and, and we'll check your HCG levels. And, um, if things are good, just start on all of these things. So prednisone, progesterone, baby aspirin, uh, fragmin, and Uh then, and then they would, they would add me in for a interlipid infusion a couple days later. Okay. So wait, they had not done any of that stuff before. They had not. Well, they, they did it with my transfer, but my transfer failed. Got it. Okay. So I hadn't had a pregnancy with any right. of this stuff. Right. Right. Okay. To it. Just the transfer didn't work, whether that was, you know, leading up to the drugs that I like that, that wasn't right. Or mm-hmm. that the timing wasn't like, who knows, who knows why that didn't, didn't work. But I, I had not had a pregnancy where any of this stuff had been added and things just kept seeming good. So I kept going back for HCG levels. I think I went back five times mm-hmm. um, and they just kept being good. Oh my um, God. Were you just our, like, what the hell is going on? Like a hundred percent. You're right. I was like, it was almost like as, as time ticked further, I got more and more worried because mm-hmm. I was like, okay, wait, but things are going okay. Right. So so now it's going to be worse when things don't go. Okay. Oh, right, right, right. Right. Like I was like, I'm going to be more devastated. I'm Were gonna, you so able I, to have any bit of like joy around it or was it just pure anxiety? I think it was pure anxiety. Yeah. That makes sense. For, for at least the first like 11 weeks, mm-hmm. because I, I'd the furthest I'd ever gotten was about 10 and a half weeks. Mm-hmm. So I was terrified up until about that point. And still I was terrified after that. I was like, oh God, this loss is, this 12 week loss is going to be terrible. (laughs) It's just like, it never never really leaves your brain. Totally. And things just kept going well and ultrasounds were going well. And, and I, I remember very, very vividly at my, I think it was my seven or eight week ultrasound. I think it was my eight week ultrasound. And there was a student in the room um, with the ultrasound tech. And I was like, Oh God, this is going to be the time because it's going to be like super awkward. And like, right. there's some student here and like, they're going to have to go and get my dog. Like, I was just like, it's going to be so bad. And I remember the tech putting in the transvaginal ultrasound and her being like, we'll see right there. That's a textbook baby. <gasps> oh my God. Showing the student. And I just like burst into tears. <laughs> totally. I almost did just now too, because you know, I'm so fucking sappy. Claire always makes fun of me because I'm always crying. She's like, oh, you, God. If, if you, you and I should not be together. Then. <laughs> when you just said that, I like almost started crying because those oh. are the words you've been dying to hear. I just never heard it. Yeah. I never heard that. And I was like, oh my God. I was like, did you just say that's a textbook baby? And she was like, yeah, so just per- she, he looks, this baby looks perfect. Oh my God. And she's using the baby to like show someone else and teach someone else. And I'm like, oh my God, this is not, this is not my life. Like this isn't, this can't be real. Right. And then things have just gone really, really well. Uh-huh. Um, we ended up tell, I had to tell Trish before she started medication. Cause I was like, I will not let her 
but I was like, I don't want to tell her. Cause like, I'm just going to have a miscarriage and it's going to be terrible. And like, yeah, I can tell her after the miscarriage, but then it, it didn't happen. So I told her a couple of days before she started the, the loop run. Cause I was like, I'm not going to let her start medication before she knows that I'm also pregnant. Sure. Was there any point, Alex, where you were like, we shouldn't do this, go forward with a surrogacy or you're so far into the process and you're thinking this isn't going to stick for you anyway. Right. So was, did you I ever definitely think- thought it wasn't going to stick for me? And I thought, you know, the best case scenario is that I'm pregnant and she's pregnant. Uh-huh. Like I was like, I was like, there's not, there's literally nothing better than that. Yeah. We've, we've paid all of the money for, you know, lawyers and, and, and all of that stuff and our, and our agency fees. And I love her. And like the, we have these embryos and I, 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 I want those embryos to have a chance yeah. and I can't imagine not moving forward. And right. part of me, part of me felt like if we, if there's any part of us that wanted to stop and not move forward with her, then I would also lose my pregnancy. Oh, wow. And then, and then part of me was like, but if we move forward with her, I know, I feel like everything will be okay with both of them. <laughs> wow. I get that. Yeah. That makes sense. There's just, just that weird, like Murphy's law type thing, right. Of, yeah. Well, here's what's bound to happen. If we don't move forward, then, right. then we'll lose everything. And if Completely. we do move forward, then we'll get everything. Yeah. And she was so excited. And I was like, are you still okay? Will you still be our surrogate? Will you still move forward with us? And she was like, of course. She was oh like, my of God. course I will. So that was pretty amazing. And it's been pretty amazing sort of moving through things with her. Uh-huh. Um, and she had her transfer. So she did Lupron just for a month. That was what her protocol was before. Mm-hmm. So she did that Lupron. My pregnancy continued. Um, she came to Toronto to do her transfer. I got to go and be in the room for her transfer. We love her. She's like, we all get along so well. We have a wonderful time. Like we just eat burgers all the time when she's here. (laughs) It's like her favorite thing. And then Toronto has so many burger places. So she's like, I want to try them all. (laughs) Right. And my husband is crazy, like burger lover. It's his favorite food. So it's like, we all, we all just like really, really match up well when it comes to burgers. (laughs) (laughs) I love it. I love it. Okay. And so I got to be in the room for a transfer. Sadly, Alex was not able to be in the room because of COVID. There's like one person, you know, one support person for every patient. Mm-hmm. Um, so we FaceTimed him and there's some pretty funny photos of him being sort of blown away, watching this embryo transfer. And, um, <laughs> and, and so she, you know, she stayed with us a couple more days. She ended up the lovely thing is her, um, her surrogacy from before mine, she actually had twins and they are only about an hour and a half for, drive from where I am. So she actually, after her transfer, went and stayed with that family for a bit too. So oh she could, my God. So she could hang out with her other surrogate babies. That's so cool. I love that. Yeah. So, so cool. Yeah. Um, hopefully they brought, they brought some luck that day <laughs> for those, those days, those little babies. Right. And we ended up finding out that she was pregnant. Oh my God, Alex. It's like the craziest Okay. The craziest. So where are we today? (laughs) 
So we are, I am almost 30 weeks. (laughs) And she is 21 weeks. It's so awesome. It's crazy. And we're both, we're both having boys. Okay. When did you find out the genders? We found out both genders pretty early because we did the NIPT testing. Uh Okay. For me, it's, it's actually covered in Ontario because I'm over 40. So they, they actually do that testing regardless. Uh And you can, obviously you don't have to find out the gender, but when they do genetic testing like that, the gender is part of that. Right. Um, so they can tell you or not tell you, but mm-hmm. they know it. <laughs> mm-hmm. Um, so we ended up finding out. So I was like, you know what? They're doing the test. Like I've done all of this crap before and everything has been unknown to me. I would like to know something that would be nice. Totally. So we found out and, and we end up doing the NIPT testing with her too, even though her embryo was genetically tested, there's still stuff that those tests miss because you're taking such like so few cells from the embryo mm-hmm. to do that genetic testing that it's often good to do the NIPT, uh, right. NIPT testing as well. So I was just like, you know what, we're just doing it. Like I'm, yeah. I'm doing all of the things at this point. I've never gotten this far with any pregnancy oh and gosh. now I'm this far with it too. It's so cool. I yeah. mean, what a story. What are you going to, how are you going to tell these boys about, you know, what their story it's, I think it's just, I think it's just always going to be unknown for them. Um, like they'll always know how this all came about. Like, I, I don't know if there'll be like a sit down and a talk about it. It'll just be like, Oh, so like you were in Trish's uterus and mm-hmm. you were in my uterus and, mm-hmm. and then you guys both came here and now you're brothers. Right. So they're what I'm so bad. So they're nine weeks apart. They're about eight weeks apart. Eight weeks. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. So will they essentially be raised like as twins kind of? Yeah. Okay. I mean, I don't, I don't know any other way to raise babies that are so close. Yeah. Okay. So you're feeling good. You look amazing. I was saying how your hair is so luxurious. Thank you. Yes. Not to be superficial, but no, I I said it's it's the only benefit other than having a whole baby (laughs) (laughs) is is the wonderful hair. Yeah. (laughs) Oh my God. I'm just, I'm so happy for you. So what, okay. I guess before we wrap, what can you say to anybody who is going like in the shit right now, just probably mm-hmm. feeling so low. I mean, you've been there so many times before and now, you know, so much can change in this, mm-hmm. on this journey. Like, do you have any words of things you wish you would have known or like words of advice or wisdom or any of that? I do. I, I mean, I, I don't know if I would call it words of wisdom other than <clears throat> I, when I, when I look back on what I went through, the hardest part of it was just the not knowing where it ended. Yeah. And I wish so much for people that they could see their end. Yeah. Um, whether it's positive, whether it's negative, whether it's, you know, uh, longer than they think or shorter than they think, you know, there's always going to be some sort of an end for people. I definitely thought my end was going to be with no babies. So, you know, I had really prepared myself for that ending as well, but I, I guess it's not so much advice as I just, I wish I could send out to everybody, you know, the feeling of being able to know, um, where that end is, because I think had I known uh, this would have been the easiest journey of all time and suffering through all the things that you're suffering with and struggling with, you know, 
would feel so much better knowing if knowing your outcome. Um, but we can't know that. And, and I'm, I'm saddened that we can't know that. And, you know, I'm just holding everybody's hand going through it because I know how fucking hard it is. All right, friends. Thank you so much for listening, Alex. I cannot wait to get together with you IRL, hopefully sometime this year. And so excited for what's to come with you. Thank you guys for listening. Definitely check out Fertility Rally. If you're looking for community, we offer support groups. We're actually adding another support group on the weekends now because there's been so much demand for it. We've got content. We've got resources. We've got a sisterhood like no other and lots of IRL events coming up in the future as well. So we are growing and we would love to have you as part of the family. Check us out on Instagram at Fertility Rally or online at thefertilityrally.com. Thanks so much. I'll talk to you guys soon.